Hey marketers, if you want to get the latest news, trends, and insights in marketing, advertising, and tech, check out the Adweek Podcast Network. Learn from leading voices across media and marketing with original shows like Yeah, That's Probably an Ad, Marketing Vanguard, and Tech Magic with Kathy Hackle. Start listening now by searching Adweek wherever you listen to podcasts. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Hey there, are you ready to elevate your personal brand or company? Meet Viral Growth, your one-stop shop for video content and audience building. Imagine growing your brand organically on social media without the hassle of editing videos for hours. With Viral Growth, it's a breeze. They handle the brainstorming, scripting, and editing while you simply just hit record. And don't worry about your niche. They cater to everyone, from business and marketing to health and wellness. Are you ready to make waves in the social media realm? Visit viralgrowth.io and use code ADWEEK, that's A-D-W-E-E-K, all lowercase, and get 10% off your plan. Hi, everyone. I'm Molly Kehlein, Adweek's senior TV reporter, and welcome to this episode of Season 2 of Most Powerful Women in Sports, where the world's greatest marketers, media pros, athletes, and coaches share their remarkable career journeys and how they achieved peak performance. We've got a great episode ahead of us. And while I am part of Adweek's TV team, I cover streaming services, connected TV, pretty much any news related to the business of TV. I also cover sports, and that is a big personal highlight of mine. So I am so excited to be joined by Kim Ang, general manager of the Miami Marlins. She joined the team in 2020 and is the highest ranking woman in baseball operations among the 30 MLB teams. She's also the first woman hired to the general manager position by any of the professional men's sports teams in the North American major leagues. When we first recorded this podcast, the 2022 MLB season was just getting underway. In this episode, Kim and I chat about her remarkable career path, how to successfully build a franchise, and what advice she has for those who want to break into the game. Thank you for listening, and make sure to subscribe to hear more conversations with the women changing the game. And you can follow me on Twitter at Molly K. Holmian. Kim, welcome to the show. How are you? Good. How are you doing? Good. Thanks for having me. Thanks for being here. I know you've got a game tonight. <laughs> we do. 640. But who's counting? We need a W. That's all I know. <laughs> you can do it. Um, so I have, we have so much to talk about. You've had nothing short of an amazing career so far, but I want to start from the beginning. Where did you grow up? What was your childhood like? And how did you get interested in baseball? So I will tell you, uh, not many people know I was born in Indiana, Um, grew up in New York, though, Queens, Long Island, um, New Jersey. I went to high school in New Jersey and I grew up a big sports fan, came came through a pretty big sports family. We played tennis, 
all the time. I was a softball player, played um, softball in high school and college, and then tennis in high school as well. Um, skied, skated, I was just a big old tomboy. Um, and that really was, you know, my, my parents were, they fueled my love of sports. Um, grew up a Yankees fan. And, um, you know, my love for baseball started from the time I was about five years old. Oh, fantastic. Um, I am also a Yankees fan. My dad's from the Bronx, so I grew up going to Yankees games with him. And then I know you have some Chicago roots. You played softball in college, University of Chicago. So I'm a Northwestern alum, but I think we can still get along. Um, <laughs> you might look your look down your nose at me, but I won't look down my nose at you. I would never. I mean, I think you're technically ranked higher than we are. So, um, but you stayed in Chicago for a bit after graduation. I know you headed to the White Sox. So, what was it like, kind of getting your foot in the door of the industry? You know, it was. Um, you know, first I'll say that throughout my childhood, you know, being in college, I never really thought of being in the front office of a baseball team. That was really um, just sort of a foreign concept to me until uh, one of my former coaches saw me on campus and said, hey, are you still looking to get into sports? And um, I said, absolutely. And she said, well, take your resume down to the White Sox. They're looking for an intern. So that's really how I got my foot in. I can tell you that you know, again, it, it just was never something I had really entertained. I, at the time, I was trying to get into sports, but more on the marketing end, maybe on the PR end, you know, some of the more um, orthodox disciplines within sports, but never really imagined being in the front office. So it was definitely a new concept to me. But when I was in, I, I just absolutely fell in love with it. You know, it was, it was behind the scenes. It was you know, operating the radar gun. It was entering scouting reports. It was, you know, all the, all the behind the, behind the scenes type of things that you don't really think of um, as a kid. So really kind of ground level getting, like getting a base knowledge everywhere. Absolutely. You know, interacting with scouts, coaches, you know, our general manager, people who are making decisions and, and, you know, back then front offices were just so small that you really did have, you know, you did have a voice, which was pretty interesting as well. And you've been breaking barriers your entire career. And I know when you started with the Yankees in 1998, and correct me if I'm wrong, but I think you were the youngest assistant general manager in Major League Baseball and only the second woman ever. Yes, I think that's right. Did you feel ready? No, absolutely not. And not in the market that I was in. You know, listen, I think being with one of the most storied franchises in all of sports as a 29-year-old, um, you know, in theory, second in command, um, probably make that third because Mr. Steinbrenner was number one. But, you know, being at that high level in that big a market at that young an age was definitely incredibly daunting, you know, but, you know, Brian Cashman, who was my boss, hired me and he was... Yeah, he was a great person to learn from. He had grown up through the Yankee organization, really knew the ropes, and um, it just taught me about being thorough, prepared, had a great way with the media. I mean, to this day, I marvel at Brian uh, with the New York media. But um, yeah, no, in general, it was pretty daunting. Yeah, especially growing up a Yankees fan, it must have been, I don't kind of legendary to go work for your favorite team. It was, and, you know, I, I got a few ticket requests uh, in New York, but, um, you know, it was really just one of the funnest aspects for me was seeing, seeing former players that I had really grown up watching, 
you know, Ron Guidry, Rich Gossage, Greg Nettles was one of our scouts, um, Willie Randolph, Chris Chambliss, they were a couple of our coaches. So guys I had grown up admiring, you know, imitating their batting stances, you know, reading articles about, uh, it was just, uh, it was a dream come true in, in a lot of ways. I can't even imagine. I have a very specific memory. I played softball in high school and I still play rec leagues now. I have a very specific memory of my batting coach saying, I need you to watch Derek Jeter and I need you to watch how he watches the ball and I need you to watch his stance. So I couldn't even imagine like going to work around Derek Jeter. Yeah, absolutely. No, and you know, Derek is a, you know, it's pro's pro. So uh, I was lucky enough to to work with him twice. Wow. Well, you're in your second season as general manager. So what were some of your biggest learnings from year one and how are you applying those this year? You know, I think um, as long as I've been in this industry, um, you know, 30 plus years, I can say that you never stop learning. People everywhere are different. You have to get used to your staff. Um, you know, everybody is unique. So I think, you know, just learning staff and, and learning to you know, understand the language that they were all speaking and you know, some of it. So you know, we're in a very analytically driven sport now. Um, I think that was part of the process. I think, you know, reacquainting myself with some, you know, some of the other executives around the industry was you know, part of the learning curve. And then I think having been out for, you know, a significant period of time and, and seeing how analytics has really become so incredibly interwoven you know, with, with the method of evaluating all of your operations and um, just your every day-to-day uh, routine. There was definitely some learning curve there. Um, but, you know, having gone through it once, I think, you know, is always, you know, just the, you know, you get all of that out of the way and year two has definitely been a little bit smoother. <laughs> well, great. And then sports and baseball can be a little bit of a boys club. And with this year being the 50th anniversary of Title IX, I would really love to talk about facing bias and or discrimination, how to best not necessarily overcome it, but face it and cope with it. And I was wondering your thoughts on that. Sure. I mean, just in terms of like specific instances or? Uh, specific instances, if you want to share. But in general, I mean, I can't imagine you started in the industry so young and now like it's it's different now, definitely. But I'm sure there's still just gender bias. Yeah. So, I mean, there definitely is. I will tell you this. So when you're general manager, you don't see it quite as much. <laughs> um, but I can tell you throughout my career, so many instances of just real superficial type of things, um, you know, trying to get into the visiting clubhouse, you know, where they, where they don't know you. At the home, in the home clubhouse, of course, they, they know who you are. You work there. Um, when you go you know, to a different facility, though, they don't have any idea who you are, and you're stopped at the door, and you're the interpreter, you're media, you're someone other than an executive with the club, you know, so I think, look, I think, you know, on a, on a number of different levels, uh, it was frustrating for me throughout my career, you know, but I think it's just what, what people are used to, I think, you know, the way we try and get around that is to educate, um, I think in baseball, at the very least, our numbers of women are going up. You know, I think there's a really great story there in terms of, you know, the number of women that we have now coaching in the minor leagues, managing, you know, the number of uh, female trainers, um, scouts. 
So I think there's a really nice story to tell there. And I think the, you know, the more that the numbers go up, the less we are a novelty mm-hmm. and that there is some familiarity. But, you know, look, I, I think I don't want to sugarcoat it either. Um, you know, there were definitely points in my career where I was incredibly frustrated. I mean, just the fact, you know, that I had numerous interviews before you know, I actually got this job. It was, first of all, I, I don't want to sound ungrateful. I, you know, I was grateful for the number of opportunities that I did have to interview. But, you know, at a certain point, too, you know, my resume matched up against, you know, a lot of the other candidates and, you know, candidates who ended up getting the job. So, you know, they're, they're, listen, we still have a long way to go, but it is getting better um, in baseball for sure. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey there, podcast fam. Are you ready to break free from the social media rut? Hold on to your hatch because we've got just a thing for you. Meet Viral Growth, your one-stop shop for leveling up your online presence. Whether you're a personal brand or a company, they've got the tools and know-how to take you to the next level. With Viral Growth, forget about those endless hours of video editing. They handle everything from brainstorming to polishing your content so you can just focus on being awesome. And guess what? We're hooking you up with a sweet deal. Use code ADWEEK for 10% off when you sign up. Ready to take your social media game to the next level? Head on over to viralgrowth.io and let's turn those digital dreams into a reality. I mean, you first interviewed for a general manager job back in what, 2005? Uh, yeah. And then, yeah, and then you see it, I mean, super interesting point because you see it in all the in all the pro leagues too. Like think about Becky Hammond in the NBA. She's her resume definitely stacked up with all those people, but Hey, she's not now got a great head coaching gig in the WNBA. So. (laughs) Yeah. No. And you know, again, it's, um, I was fortunate to have those interviews. I I mean, there are a number of my colleagues who still haven't had, you know, interviews. So, um, I definitely don't look, look at it as um, a horrible thing that I had those interviews, but you know, when I was going through the process, you know, you, you you know, I, I thought I was there. You know, and, and this was going to be the one, and, and you you keep hoping, and yeah, I mean, it was tough, but you know, look, we're all we're all tough, and we just brush ourselves off and and you know, get up and, and go for the next one. Yeah, and I want to hit on you mentioned this that like seeing the numbers growing in baseball and just seeing more women in higher positions in baseball and sports in general. 
So there's always been interest in women's sports. Like the market has always been there, but I feel like it's starting to get talked about more and there's more exposure and you're seeing it translate like across television ratings. So like the women's final four was just the most watched since 2004 college softball's got a renaissance going on. So where do you see some of the strongest growth areas for women in sports and how do you think we can continue this momentum? Yeah, look, I think, I think it took a while for softball to get going, but it finally has, um, you know, I think women's hockey is another one on the horizon. They were just televised, I believe in January at Lake Placid, you know, their playoffs were actually their, their entire season might have been, but forgive me. I don't know the exact details, but, you know, I think, I think on the, on the athlete front, um, we have made definite strides, you know, WNBA has been there quite a bit, you know, women's tennis, but I think we're really making it there uh, in terms of, um, you know, what's viewed on TV. And I think people are seeing that there's money in advertising Mm -hmm. and that there's definitely a swell, you know, and I think, look, I think the more that female executives are put in positions of power where we're not only, uh, not only building teams, um, but we're also deciding what's on TV and what plays and advertisers, et cetera. Yeah, I think it's only going to get larger and bigger and broader. So uh, really hopeful on that front. I agree. It feels it feels like there's a swell happening. Um, so kind of along those lines, what's the best piece of advice you'd give to women who are trying to break into the sports business? Well, um, you know, persistence is is obviously one of them. You mentioned the numerous interviews that that I've had, you know, and that's whether you're in the industry or whether you're trying to get into the industry. And then the other thing I would say is, and you know, I've encountered a lot of this in my career is that you have to have thick skin. You know, you're going to hear a lot. You're going to see a lot that uh, for me, you know, I think for a lot of us, you know, gets our hackles up and I think it gets our competitive juices going. Uh, we want to prove everybody wrong, but I think that's, that's a good thing. Yeah, it's really just to have thick skin and be persistent. That's good advice. Good advice for just careers in general, too. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> life. <laughs> just be have thick skin, guys. You'll get through life. Um, persistence is definitely key, though. So just being in the industry for so long, who's someone you admire a lot or someone who's maybe served as a mentor to you? Well, I think I'd have to say... Um, First and foremost is Joe Torrey. Joe's been a, a great stabilizing voice in my career. Um, have worked with him at three different stops, um, the Yankees, the Dodgers, and Major League Baseball. I think Joe has been that person for me who has this incredible knack for just simplifying life. You know, I go in, I tell him a 10-minute story about you know, whatever's going on and, and he'll, he can simplify it into one sentence, one or two sentences. And, you know, makes you just hit your head and go, of course, you know, that's the answer. But um, he's a great listener and um, has always been there for me. You know, other people, you know, as I mentioned, Brian Cashman, um, you know, prepared, thorough, able to see the big picture. Mm-hmm. And, you know, definitely been an influence for me as well. Okay, great. Um, those, I mean, those are some great names to have had in your career. And then, so going back to the Marlins, 
where do you see the future of the Marlins going? What are your hopes for the franchise? And then also baseball in general, where do you want to see the sport evolve to? World Series or bust. <laughs> um, look, I think, you know, I think the future for the Marlins is really bright. Um, the folks here have done a really good job of building the farm system um, prior to my arrival uh, last year. You know, we've been ranked in the top you know, five to ten of player development systems, minor league systems, and all of baseball. Um, we're now seeing some of, some of those players uh, get to the big leagues. We've made some great trades. We got to the playoffs in 2020. Um, not as fortunate last year, but but striving for that in 2022. You know, that's really where we are. I mean, we're trying to win. We're trying to get to the playoffs, and we're trying to do it every year. Um, I think this is a year where we will be very competitive. We are in a tough division, the NL East, um, but nonetheless, you know, just going to ride that pitching all the way to October. We've got a great staff, and, and we again, we have great kids coming up the, the pipeline. At playoffs are always the goal. And if it helps, one of my coworkers specifically asked me to ask you why the Phillies can't beat the Marlins to save their lives. So. <laughs> <laughs> pitching. I will reiterate that to him. Well, he's kicking my butt in fantasy with his pitching staff, so. <laughs> you should take some Marlins pitchers on your staff. They all got drafted so quickly. We have it. Well, Kim, unfortunately, we are almost out of time. But before I let you go and go prep for your game tonight, I believe you have some key takeaways you want to share with the audience. Yes. Um, and we've mentioned the word persistence several times. Remain persistent. You know, again, me having interviewed all those times, it finally came to fruition and uh, you know, staying optimistic. Um, number two, sometimes it's lattice, not ladders. I know we're all ambitious and we all have our um, eye on the goal, but you know, sometimes it's okay to take a step sideways as opposed to up. And I think, you know, for me, that's always been about the learning curve and making sure that I never lose sight of learning and being curious, because I think that is a fundamental driver of great leaders. Um, and then number three, identify your allies. Your allies. Um, I think, um, you know, it's always easy to, to know who your enemies are, but it, it's... Um, it's a lot harder um, to figure out who your allies are, but when you do find them, um, they are just incredibly helpful to you. And, you know, it could be a mentor, it could just be a colleague, it just, just be a support, um, somebody who supports you. Um, but, you know, these are all things that I have found to be really helpful in my career. So I hope that others take from them. I mean, I personally have taken away so much from this conversation. So I am very, very glad that you joined us today. Thank you again and good luck tonight. All right, Molly. Thank you. Take care. Thank you. And we will see you guys all back here in two weeks for the next episode of Most Powerful Women in Sports. Thank you for listening to Adweek's Most Powerful Women in Sports, part of the Adweek Podcast Network and ACAST Creator Network. This podcast was produced by Amanda Sickler, executive produced by Al Manorino and John Heal, and edited by Lane McGivney at Batwell Studios. You can listen and subscribe to all Adweek's podcasts by visiting adweek.com slash podcasts. Stay updated on all things Adweek Podcast Network by following us on Twitter at Adweek Podcasts. And if you have a question or suggestion for the show, send us an email at podcast at adweek.com. Hey there, podcast fam. Are you ready to break free from the social media rut? Hold on to your hatch because we've got just a thing for you. 
Meet Viral Growth, your one-stop shop for leveling up your online presence. Whether you're a personal brand or a company, they've got the tools and know-how to take you to the next level. With Viral Growth, forget about those endless hours of video editing. They handle everything from brainstorming to polishing your content so you can just focus on being awesome. And guess what? We're hooking you up with a sweet deal. Use code ADWEEK for 10% off when you sign up. Ready to take your social media game to the next level? Head on over to viralgrowth.io and let's turn those digital dreams into a reality.